Thanks for tuning in for episode three of Pour It Out with Alana Beverly. I am your host, Alana, and I'm so excited for you to be here today. Today on the podcast is a special day because it is the first pastor interview that we have. And to join me for it is my good, good friend, Pastor Sean Howard. He is the pastor over at Chillicothe First Assemblies of God, and he is wonderful. Pastor Sean and his wife, Annie, have become dear, dear friends to Randra and I over the years and just could not be more thankful for them as people and for their friendship and just what they add to our lives. Today, we sit down just like friends would do and just share about what the Lord's doing, what he's speaking, what he's showing. And it just was such a fun conversation, such an encouraging conversation. I learned a lot. I was challenged a lot. I was encouraged and inspired a lot, and I hope that you will be too. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. Well, hey, friend. Hey. hey. Thanks for being here. Thank you. You are my first pastor interview, so this will be fun. Yeah. Um. I wanted to do it with you because you are a friend. And so if I messed up, you'd be the perfect person to give me grace. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. I'm honored. Thank you. Um, well, this is going to be pretty easy. I just have a few quick questions for you. The first one is, I want to know, um, what do you feel like the Lord is saying over Chillicothe right now in this season that we are in? Yep. Is there something specific for the people, for the city as a whole? Just what... Yeah, I appreciate that. And thanks, Alana, for the invitation and um, the honor to be your third podcast. That is a, a huge deal. Uh, first pastor. Um, and really, you're doing an amazing job. And thanks for following your dream. And I know that's going to affect a whole lot of people. Thanks. So thank you for that. Um, now to your question. Yeah, I feel like um, what we have been through the last couple of years has just uh, totally messed up everything. And we are used to being uh, linear thinkers. So everything has to happen kind of in an order and sequential and we're comfortable with that. And the last two years we have not been linear. Uh, we've been exponential. So, you know, things that probably would have taken 40 years have been fast forwarded. And so for me, <clears throat> what I felt like this year that the Lord was speaking to the body. Um, and so anywhere, not just Chillicothe, but the body of Christ is, uh, the word embark. And it's an odd word. You know, I had to go back and kind of freshen up a little bit on nautical, uh, information, but, uh, to embark, to set sail, to journey. And what does that mean for us? Um, and I was, I was reminded, and, you know, I have a lot of stories of, of uh, growing up when I was a kid. Um, I had an uncle named Daryl. We called him Beanpole. That was his nickname. <laughs> and so for short, uh, I would call him Uncle Beanie. And we had, uh, he had a pontoon, which I thought was the coolest thing in the world because we could go out and fish and just float. He'd let us get off and swim. Uh, but his pontoon was always tied to the dock. And um, part of getting out and, and doing what we wanted to do to have fun was my job was to go up and untie uh, from the dock. And he's the one who taught me because he was in the Navy uh, that the piece of rope that is tied uh, to the dock is called the standing end of the rope or the line. 
And the piece that you're holding that's free in the boat is called the bitter end. And so uh, you had to untie where you were standing or you would just be left holding the bitter. And that all came flooding back to me from a kid when the Lord spoke about embark, because I feel like we've got all these gifts, all these talents, all the things we know that our communities need, our people need. But we're just kind of revving the motor and we're not going anywhere. Like we're talking about all this stuff we want to do and we can do and how we should affect culture and our cities. But we're still tied to the dock. And if we're not careful, if we never untie ourselves and actually get to work, uh, we'll be left holding the bitter end. And I don't want to be bitter. I don't want our churches to be bitter. And so um, I think we need to quit standing and untie it and uh, take off. That's what I feel like the Lord's saying this, this is the year for the church to embark. So what practically, what does that look like? So it looks like taking our connections and making them start working. Um, you know, untying whatever it is that makes you feel like, you know, I hear it all the time. Nobody's come back from COVID. You know, there's still people not coming back from COVID and our church is different since COVID. And I'm just like, okay, we'll embrace that then. Like, mm -hmm. We're not going back to 2019, no matter how much we want to. We're just not. And so embrace what is and untie it and quit talking about what we're going to do and just do it. Like yeah. be effective. Start doing ministry again uh, within the realms of your circles of influence uh, and connect yourself wider. Like if anything was stripped from the church during the last two years, it was our connectivity, mm -hmm. our relationships. And so. I say untie from the dock and get sailing and know what what you have on board. You're gifted. You're talented. The church is empowered uh, for this season. But sitting at the dock, you know, <laughs> there are people out there in the water that are drowning. We need to go get them. Yeah. Um, and the world is sending out lifeboats in their culture, but they don't have the capacity to do what we do. So I'm just saying, um, you know, untie the gifts within your church, your leadership, your volunteers. Some people are not coming back. Uh, those who aren't, uh, I believe the Lord has sent replacements and we just need to set sail with what we have. Yeah. And I think it's neat. You know, we were talking actually just a few minutes ago about um, I had the opportunity to go and do some street ministry a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And just even when we got done, I mean, we just went and grabbed some cheeseburgers at McDonald's and went down and kind of gave them out to people and got to pray with them and stuff. And even just doing that, it was like this something kind of like reawakened in me of like, we don't do this enough. We don't, we've gotten so far yeah. from that, you know, even before COVID, but especially with COVID, just, you know, being able to go up to people and do, you know, hey, can I pray with you? Can I, and just do that kind of stuff. We've gotten so far away from that over the past few years. But I realized and I experienced once you start doing it, it's so easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think that in our head, we've got it so, it's hard. Yeah, that's right. And it's really not. It's step out. It doesn't have to be a big, huge thing. Just start small yeah, and then watch and see what the Lord does. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is it's, it was already in you. Like mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit has already gifted us to do all these things that we talk about we want to do or that we should do. Cheeseburgers to the homeless, you know, reaching out and helping single families, um, all those need-based things that we know. 
the needs didn't go away. They've increased. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we were, we were broken and bruised and battered. Uh, but what's in us is in us like that doesn't change. And sometimes we're stronger after the break. So, you know, Hey, you got broken here, you got bruised here, but the church is strong. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I refuse to believe anything else. And what's in us can be reawakened exactly what you're saying. Those gifts are there. Those tools are there. Uh, sometimes we just shut the tool shed and yeah. forget we have them. Um, and thank God in his grace, like for you, he gives us those moments of, yeah, I, we can do this. Mm -hmm. Like this, this isn't bigger than, than the church. Um, and so, um, get busy un untether and go after it for sure. Yeah, I love that. Um, I also wanted to ask you, because you are the most relational person that I know, especially when it comes to pastors that I know, that's just, that's a gift that you have. Thank You're you. super encouraging, super, you love to connect people. You love to encourage people. That's, that's your heart. Um, and especially as, you know, we're, we're post COVID living in this new world, how can we, how can people like me encourage not only our pastor that we sit under every week, but even other pastors in the community? Like what are, what are good practical ways for us to encourage you guys? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. I think pastors are sometimes the most difficult creatures, uh, to try to connect with, to encourage, um, mostly because pastors, we sort of have a built-in force field. We're afraid to get so close to people. And it's probably understandable because pastors' hearts have been wounded you know, a million times. People you get close to or invest in, they end up leaving or you know doing something and it hurts you. And so I think the natural reaction is for pastors then to recoil from that and kind mm -hmm. of shelter themselves. And um, so, I mean, I totally get it, but there are moments where you just, you have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and say, Hey, I want to encourage my pastor, Lord, how can I do this? I think the easiest way for me is, you know, nothing big, don't throw parties or parades or, you know, cause unless pastors are in it for the wrong reason, they don't like that. Uh, some of them I'm sure really enjoy that, but that's not what it's supposed to be about. Uh, I would say go after the little things, you know, like, um, and you're really good about this. You'll send a text uh, just at the right time. And it doesn't have to be a lengthy text. You don't speak in King James language. It's just, <laughs> hey, praying for you, praying for your family, thought about you. Uh, those moments really are milestones for pastors because you could send that when they've just been through the worst three days of their life and that text at the right moment. Um, don't despise, you know, the day of small beginnings. I think that scripture is so important if you do the little things. And what I try to do is just do the little connectors. And so the reason I am the way I am, I think is because, uh, you know, growing up, I saw intentionality with connectivity. Like that's how I was raised and it kind of got into who I was. Um, but I see people all around this community, pastors and laity alike and business owners as having all kinds of pieces and I'm not the only one, but I feel like it's a calling to figure out how to connect piece A to piece B when they don't even know they live in the same city. Mm -hmm. And so the way I do that is try to establish a relationship with the person who's holding this piece and a relationship with the person who's holding this piece. 
and then work my way into connecting those two together because I think the body operates better um, when we're in that unity. But um, once I have met this person and this person and somewhere in the conversation, I hear that, you know, person A has a need that person B is fit to meet. My introduction of them is a whole lot easier then. Mm -hmm. And then I step out of the way and let that relationship kind of uh, flourish and be what it is. And so, um, you know, I, I think probably I learned that in a weird way from my grandmother who used to read the newspaper when she would see like wedding announcements. Mm -hmm. Uh, if she knew anything with the family, she would clip that out and then like send a letter to those people. This is, of course, before electronics. And she would send a letter to them just saying, you know, hey, I knew your aunt or hey, I was friends with your grandma. I want to say congratulations on your upcoming wedding. Just some intentionality with connectivity. And um, that for me was was weird to watch as a kid because I was like, you're not even going to their wedding. <laughs> she was like, yeah, but I graduated with their aunt. And, and you know, this is you should congratulate people when something great's happening in their life. And so um, that really stuck with me. Mm -hmm. I think I just carried it through to life that there's always something to celebrate. Yeah. And there's people who would be amazing friends who just don't know each other yet. Mm -hmm. And coming into Chillicothe as a transplant, you know, 16 years ago, almost 17, I didn't know anybody here like mm. legit nobody here. And so um, I felt the cold shoulder from a lot of people. It's hard to break into a small town. Um, but when those pieces of connectivity, be, you know, they were reached out to me and it was like, hey, there's a lifeline here. Um, I wanted to make sure I was a part of the solution to that. So that's, I guess, in short, why I do what I do. And I, um, I think everybody is more than a transaction. You know, there's a value in people. Mm -hmm. And I think our culture is so transactional mm -hmm. um, that we forget that people have value, whether they have any, you know, any transactions happening, they're valuable. So um, I try to not live in a world of transaction mm -hmm. and more of value of relationship. Well, you do that. You do that well. Well, thanks. this podcast really quick to tell you about a few partnerships that I have with some downtown businesses here in Chillicothe. The first one is from Sweet William Blossom Boutique. They have the absolute best chocolate covered strawberries in the whole entire world. If you have not had them, run down there and get them. They have other gourmet treats. They have charcuterie boards. They have lots of things. They also have the most beautiful flowers. And so I get the honor and the privilege of having their flowers on my dining room table for each conversation that I have with a friend. And it just really sets the atmosphere in here. And I'm so, so thankful. Guys, they are located at 90 West 2nd Street. If you have not been there, go there. Check them out. They are absolutely amazing. My other one is Roast Coffee. It is located at 107 East 2nd Street in the Fort Collective. They have the best coffee, hands down, best drinks that you will find here in Chilla Coffee. And each week when I sit down with a friend, as we pour it out over coffee, we will be pouring it out over Roast Coffee. And so we're really excited to have that partnership. Um, both of these places are located in our beautiful downtown. Go check them out. You can look them up and follow them on social media and just make sure that you let them know that Elena sent you. Okay, so the last question I always ask, and it may line up with the first question I asked you, but mm -hmm. maybe not. 
um, what is the Lord speaking to you personally right now? Not necessarily about our city or about anything corporate, but just you personally, like what has he been speaking? Okay. Yeah. It's a great question. And, uh, people who know me know that this will be kind of odd, but, uh, for, for me, the Lord's been talking about being healthy and, uh, Okay, so I'm let me. I'm laughing because let, I'm sitting here looking at a bunch of Reese's cups and Hershey bars. Uh-huh, yeah, so yeah, that's for other people. Um, so let me put some clarifiers out here. So healthy to me, and there's something to be said about being physically healthy. Absolutely, I don't want any enemies of your podcast. So um, I'm all for that, and I have uh, done a little bit of trying to be physically more healthy. Um, you know, I'm not, you're not going to see me frequent the gym or anything. Uh, but anyway, healthy in my, um, you know, my emotional side, my spiritual side, making sure that I'm healthy in my priorities. And I always thought I was until I realized I wasn't. And so, that's kind of, I guess, my personal project. And I think what's great about it is that it's not necessarily just because I'm a Christian or I'm a believer. I think it's healthy for all of us mm-hmm. uh, to look at a self-evaluation, uh, a checkup. And so actually, I've been kind of sharing with other pastors uh, on, on a self-evaluation, a checkup. And some of your listeners may know, some may not know, but I had a, a stroke um, when I was a teenager and so I have regular checkups with cardiology and neurology. And I just thought, man, that is so key to making sure that I'm staying on track, that I'm healthy, that nothing's changing. And why not do that for our emotional side and our spiritual side? And um, <clears throat> so what I've done is, is to go back and look at how can I be healthy so that when I'm around somebody, uh, they have the want to be healthy as well. And not just from what I say, but you know, how I'm living my life, my priorities. And I figured there's probably an order to that. And so I've been on a personal journey to find that. And I think um, because I'm a pastor, I like to have alliterations and everything has to start with the same letter. And so <laughs> uh, I call it my healthy peas in a pod. And, uh, and it goes in an order of purpose and then promises and then projects. And so um, what's the purpose of what I'm doing? I need to have that established really well. Uh, why am I about to give energy to this? Why am I about to give my time to this? It becomes valuable. Um, and do I have a purpose in it? You know, am I just Biden time or is there really a purpose? And then uh, promises. So promises I make to myself, promises I make to Annie, my wife, promises I make to my kids, and then the filters out from there. Uh, because when we make promises, it helps us prioritize kind of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So I've got a purpose. I've made promises. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to spend time with my kids this evening. So I'm not going to go past whatever time. And then the project. So that becomes last. Um, whereas before, in an unhealthy way, I would commit to a project before I even knew if I had a purpose in it. And I didn't make any promises to myself or anybody else. Just, yeah, sign me up. Um, but now that I've tried to do this a little bit more effectively, uh, there's another P I'm thinking about adding to the pod of persuasion. And so that would be, now I have the ability to persuade other people to be involved because I already know there's a purpose in it. There's some promises to be made and this project is worthwhile. So let me persuade you to join Mm -hmm. with me in that. 
Um, and, and something I learned and I, I've done it and it's good to go back and, and revisit it. And I think that it would be for anybody to go back and revisit is I, I made a list on paper, three columns. I put five people that I spend the most time with in my family, five people that I spend the most time with in my job or career, or maybe it's school. And then uh, five people in church or community or clubs, or organizations. And when I wrote down all 15 of those names, I thought, you know, those 15 people are shaping who I am. And am I getting a lift in my life from those 15 people? And then vice versa, am I giving a lift to any of those? And then I, I looked at those 15 names. Who's the one that needs the most lift? Because if I can lift the one who is who is the most in need, then all 15 get a lift. And so being healthy, I think, is making sure that when you leave people, you know, they feel better about themselves than they do about you. And so if I'm in a conversation with Alana and three or four other people, I want to make sure they feel better about themselves after the conversation than they do about Sean. And so um, that's a little bit of humility. And I think that's the way Jesus operated, was looking for the, the person who needed the most lift and then everybody lifts. So long story short, um, being healthier in my priorities, you know, in my physical, mental, spiritual self, making sure that rest is a priority. Uh, that's kind of where I am. I feel like the Lord's speaking that to me and maybe it is personally, but I think uh, it would benefit us all to kind of go back over our priorities. How's it going so far? It's going good. It's super challenging. Um, you know, being, anytime you're intentional, it's challenging because we're just creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have enjoyed uh, looking at my 15 people and I do it about once every six weeks and noticing how those names change uh, and the intentionality of why they're changing. And so um, it's not that anybody's bad or I want to, you know, you're off the list. That's not what I'm saying. It's just, I, I feel like there's something we can learn from people that are already within our circle of influence. And I want to be intentional with that time. Um, and sad to say, you know, for a lot of pastors too, and maybe any leader who's listening to this, the five in our family usually get shortchanged. Yeah. And so um, making sure I'm intentional that there's at least five people in my family and any of my family that's listening, you know, if you haven't made the list yet, don't, you, you will. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to um, I'm trying to learn how to do that. And, and I'll share this if you have time. Uh, when I was in high school, I was part of a uh, of a club, an organization uh, in high school that had to do with American politics. And <laughs> part of what I got to do one time was President Clinton came to our area um, for like a campaign stop or, you know, how politicians are. And so he came through to talk to the area. And, and because I was in this group, we got to meet with President Clinton beforehand, talk to him. And for whatever people think about Clinton is, is whatever. But so uh, in this room with the president of the United States, we had opportunity to ask one question. Uh, there was a, like six of us that were there with him, high school students. And my question to him was, how are you such an effective communicator? Because I always heard, you know, there's, he can talk to anybody and talk his way out of a paper bag, you know, all this stuff. So like, how are you such an effective communicator? And he said that what he does, anytime he walks in a room, he said he didn't care if there were dignitaries, world leaders, whatever. He looks for the person in the room who looks the most scared to be there. 
and he intentionally goes and talks to them. He said, because if the lowest level of water is lifted, then the whole room gets a rise. And as a teenager, like that blew my mind because mm-hmm. I never thought like that. You would think you would go to the person with the most influence mm-hmm. or the person who's, you know, everybody's bowing down to. But he said, I went to the person who looks like they're the most scared to be in the room and I have a conversation because if their confidence rises, the whole room has now lifted. And so um, that's a little political nugget. I think I tucked away mm-hmm. on the inside and and then I baptized it and saved it. And so <laughs> I, I, that, what I tried to do is find, you know, the person who looks like they just need the connection, the connectivity uh, and add them to at least a conversation. Mm-hmm. And and then I'd like to ask questions like mm-hmm. like that. I've always been a curious person. Mm-hmm. I told you earlier, um, like, OK, example, everybody says, what's your favorite color? And we always have that round right the top. Mm-hmm. Like mine's green mm-hmm. unless it's wintertime. That's white because I love snow. Yeah. But it's green is my favorite color. But what if I ask you, what's your third favorite color? Like that makes you think. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now you're prioritizing why I like green more than I like blue or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but you get people to think, and then you're usually going to get a story then, you know, well, this is why this is my favorite color, but then this happened in my life is why I like this color. And based on that, you can like drill and have conversation and find out something about somebody by asking a stinking simple question, like what's your third favorite color. And so you know, that might make me weird. I just not realized that saying that out loud, (laughs) but I do like those kind of questions because I feel like you're getting more than the status quo. Mm -hmm. We're so used to that. Just, Oh, I'm fine. I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I like green. Okay. Well, great to meet you. Mm -hmm. But everybody has a story tucked away Mm -hmm. on the inside of them. I don't care if they're saved or unsaved. Everybody has a story. Everybody has something in their life that has made an impact or a difference. And if you get the key to unlock that door, uh, you know, you're really privileged to be stepping into rooms that maybe they didn't let anybody else in. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be healthy when I go in there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be sick and, can, you know, contaminate them. <laughs> I want to be healthy so that when I walk into rooms that I've given the honor to walk into, um, I leave them healthier than what I found them. I love that. That's so much a heart of, of this podcast. I remember... It's funny. I mean, we're a lot similar. We've always said that, mm-hmm. but so this isn't going to shock you. But when I was in college, they did those, you know, those dumb like Facebook quizzes that you <laughs> yeah. could put out there. And one of the questions on there was like, describe me in one word. And mm. a friend of mine, <laughs> he put inquisitive. Yeah. And I got really offended. <laughs> and I was like, I thought that that was his uh... way of like, saying I was nosy or whatever. And maybe it was, I don't know, but that stuck with me. And so, but I'm, cause I'm the same way. Mm -hmm. I'll ask questions. You tell me, I say, how are you? You say, fine. I'm like, how are you really? Yeah. You always do that. And so I always (laughs) do. No, for real. No, for (laughs) real. It's me. Just be honest. (laughs) And so I always try to dig a little bit deeper and I'm never satisfied with just, I don't want the answer that you're going to tell the person on the street. I want the answer that you got to work for a little bit. Yeah. So I love that. And relationship should do that. Yeah. It should give you keys to doors that the average person doesn't have. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, <laughs> that's trust. So mm-hmm. if anything we've lost in the last few years is trust, you know, political trust, social trust, trust in each other. But 
you know, what's trust built on? It's built on a series of knowing that that person is close enough to you in your life or mm-hmm. cares enough about you that they're not going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's why we, we do things that we take for granted. Like, you know, this morning I took a couple of Tylenol. I was having a little bit of a headache. I trust when I take those Tylenol, nothing's in them to kill me. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a time in America where that was like a big deal because, you know, it was being poisoned. But I don't even think about that now because mm-hmm. the company of Tylenol has built trust. They they care about people with headaches. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, great. Uh, and I feel like in the last few years, we lost all that trust. And the funny thing is the only way to get that back is relationship, mm-hmm. is connection, which you talked about earlier. And it's the one thing we stink at mm-hmm. is connecting relationship. And so we complain, nobody trusts anybody anymore. Well, in order to get that back, and I do think it's possible, we're going to have to do connecting again. Yeah. We're going to have, I'm going to have to be with Atlanta and make sure that our relationship is to the point that Atlanta wouldn't say anything to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Atlanta wouldn't say anything to derail me. And that trust begins to slowly come back. And so I think the people who are going to be the guardians of, of hope and the guardians of a future that our kids can actually live in uh, is going to be people who are connectors. Yeah. For sure. I agree with that. Well, is there anything else that you feel like you need to say or want to say before we wrap up? No, just, you know, any of my friends that listen to this, uh, again, I'm not trying to be physically healthy as much. So you can send me Reese cups <laughs> or Hershey bars uh, if you like. Um, no, honestly, it, it's been an honor. You know, I know you've had this dream in your heart and you've talked about it. And now that you're doing it and listening to your podcast and affecting the community, your connectivity, that's who you are. We've talked, we've joked about being brother and sister and somehow we were separated at birth, though you were born in India and I was born in Kentucky. So, but somehow it happened. Um, you're a connector. You're somebody who thrives in relationships. You love them. And I think that's just why we connected so early on. Um, and I think that the community is going to be better. Our city is going to be better. Our churches are going to be better. Our business leaders Uh, by listening to your podcast. And so thanks for having me on so early and for um, asking some really good questions. Well, thanks for being here. And for those of you who do know Pastor Sean, especially if you're friends with him, he has a dream in his heart to write a book. And so just (laughs) keep saying on him to do it because that will continue to help better our community and the body of Christ as a whole. So had to say it. Yeah. Thanks a um, lot <laughs> about that trust thing. <laughs> okay. Um, but seriously, thank you for being here. Um, you and Annie mean the world to Randra and I, and so just super honored and thankful to have you here. Thanks. So, thank thanks. you. Thanks. I want to tell you all about my latest partnership. It is with Maggie and me candle company. I was so excited to have the coffee and the flowers, but I just felt like something was missing, an amazing candle um, to make my house smell wonderful for people when they came to sit down and do a podcast. So I could not be more excited for this partnership. They are natural candles, soy-based, and they smell fantastic. They have the best fall scents. They have the best winter scents. Actually, they just have all of the scents for all of the seasons. Go check them out. You can buy them at High Five Bakery, New System Bakery, Nelly Dog, and they just opened 
a website, maggieandme.shop. Go check them out and tell them that Alana sent you. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Pastor Sean Howard. It was so much fun to do. And honestly, we sat around and talked for another like two hours when we were finished because that's just what happens when we get together. It was super encouraging to me, and I hope it was to you. If you did not know Pastor Sean before, I'm sure that you feel like family with him now because that's just the kind of person he is. And if you did know him before, I'm sure that you love him even more now because, again, that's just what happens when you hear him talk and drop all of his wisdom and all of his knowledge and all of his humor. Um I hope that the conversation left you encouraged, inspired, and challenged, and I hope that if you are someone who is not plugged into a church and you are looking for somewhere and you felt a connection um, with Pastor Sean or anything that he said and you would like to know more, um, you can check out his church. It's Chillicothe First Assembly of God, and it's located at 2580 Western Avenue. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll see you back here next Thursday for a new episode of Pour It Out with Elena Beverly. Have a great week.